Like you can't even imagine it. I was hot since I was born. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Team Cockroach, a podcast about The Good Place, comedy on NBC, a weekly comedy on NBC. There we've got four, kind of four co-hosts. I am Andrew Pontius, and I would also like to introduce Javier Matusevich. Hi, Javier. Howdy, friends. And Sarah Gardner. Hello, Sarah. Hello. <laughs> and finally, uh, Rachel Adelman. Hello, Rachel. Hello, all. Hey there. Okay, so starting off, we'd like to say that this is going to be a spoiler zone. So we are going to be saying anything that needs to be said about the entirety of season one or anything in season two leading up to the episode that we'll be reviewing tonight, season two, episode five, The Trolley Problem. So if you haven't seen that episode or haven't seen any of the other episodes and don't want to be spoiled, you should probably stop listening now. Okay, so we're going to start by going over real quick the plot of this episode. And of course, it's only a 30-minute episode, so there isn't really that much plot to go over. But there is an A plot and a B plot. And the A plot, um, probably the most important thing, is the titular trolley problem itself. And that is where Chidi is trying to teach our group of people, and including Michael, about ethical dilemmas using the trolley problem, which is a way to visualize the ethical dilemma in whether to save one or another group of people from a particular problem. And so they start with the trolley problem. The trolley is barreling down the track. There's people on one track and there's people on another track. And maybe there's more people on one and less people on the other. Or maybe you know one of the per people and you don't know one of the other people. And so they go through all the permutations of that. And actually the group, the humans, come to pretty acceptable reasons for doing certain things. Uh, they come to that pretty quickly. But Michael has problems with it, not surprisingly. And so Michael then kind of leads them through a couple of scenarios, and it, he wound up actually turning in a sort of a, a complete simulation of the trolley problem with Chidi and Eleanor. And what we find out at the end of the episode is that he was basically just torturing Chidi with that, and Eleanor figures it out, just like she figured out about the good place in general. And Chidi kind of makes Michael give him an apology, and he accepts it, and then they keep going from there. So that's the sort of the A plot. And the B plot is Tahani and Jason, who slept together at the end of the last episode, and now they're kind of trying to adjust to their relationship. And Tahani has more problems with it, I think, than Jason does, although Jason also has some problems with it. And so Tahani and Jason, I guess, although I think it's Tahani's idea, go to Janet as a therapist to help them. And Janet becomes a therapist by reading every therapist book that exists. But this leads to glitches on her part. So that's kind of how the episode ends with the glitches that Janet is experiencing because of this threatening the entirety of the good place. That's the cliffhanger that it ends on. Right. So that's the kind of what happens plot wise in the episode. Uh, what were people's uh, impressions of it? Sort of before we start with kind of going through the plot. Um, I really liked this episode. I think it was maybe my favorite so far this season. I thought the, uh, Everybody's plot seemed realistic from their characters up to this point. We got some good character development, even from Michael, but especially from uh, seeing how uh, Jason and Tahani were interacting. I enjoyed that, and seeing Janet's glitching was very interesting. 
I like that Eleanor kind of had to be an intermediary between Chidi and Michael. And without that in-between, they never would have found the middle. She kind of needs to be a little bit evil for Chidi to progress (laughs) in the good place. And Michael needs her there for him to understand what he needs to do to be better. So neither of them can actually progress without her, which is interesting. Actually, I loved and hate the episode because on one hand, it's super delightful and super interesting to watch. But when we get to the end, it's like, well, I think I need like 30 more minutes of this episode. Like the plot didn't advance very much. And when we we say that Michael has progressed, I'm not so sure about that. I mean, he's just he's just apologizing, but that that's progress for Michael. But it's not really moving the story along. Oh no! Just that the uh, the parallel of Janet kind of shaking the world apart is a lot like what Eleanor went through, and you kind of feel like they're learning the same lessons over and over again in different ways. But at least this time, Michael has to learn the lessons too. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Um, the uh, yeah, I one of the things that I was thinking was is Michael's apology genuine? Now we know that it's sort of in the middle when he said "my bad," and you know that was kind of played off as a joke, right? That's that's what people say when they're not being sincere. But even at the end, did you guys think that his apology was actually sincere when he kind of did it the second time through without sarcasm? I think it's clearly not because we see Michael giving the apology speech in an ironic way first and then with Chidi asks him him explicitly for for an apology then he does the sincere style speech but it's really the same speech so I think that's the writers telling us that Michael isn't really all that grown up it's going to take him longer to get there (laughs) at the beginning of the second part of the speech I was thinking, oh, I don't really believe him. But by the end, I started to think, okay, maybe Michael does understand a little bit what they're feeling, but not entirely. But hey, he did give them opposite tortures, so. (laughs) He did give the opposite tortures for, oh, right, opposite tortures, right, the presents, yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Pikachu! (laughs) Yeah, poor Jason, right? He gets a present, but he immediately destroys it. So I'm going to go through some of the, maybe a bit more of the plot to, to get us a few more things to talk about here. Um, I did notice in the, in the trolley uh, scene with Chidi showing them sort of the props, that those trolley, that, that trolley prop was actually a really nice prop, right? Like it was, it was big and it was really nicely painted and everything else. I thought that was kind of funny. Mm-hmm. It was named the Ethics Express, too. Oh, it had a name on it? Oh, I didn't even see that. Yeah. <laughs> And then also Michael was was quite a good drawer, right? His his thing of like killing everyone was actually had these nice little artistic splashes of red, right? You got us all great work. Well, and then Peekboo equals good, right? He had he's, he's had to say that he's had to write that out more than once, like uh, Bart. So the next thing is uh, Tahani and Jason beg off from hanging out with Eleanor so that they can you know go back and shag, I guess, and. Uh, I'm actually kind of surprised Eleanor didn't twig it right then. And I don't think she does for the episode. I don't think she necessarily comes out and realizes, oh, they must be together. I think that's going to be coming up next. Yeah, I don't think she's realized. Well, and they're so concerned with keeping it secret, but I don't think anyone would care. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe Janet. <laughs> Janet would care. Yeah. Well, then Tahani says she wants to talk to someone about it, but doesn't want anyone to know. 
And I love Jason's speech about that, right? He's like, you, you know, talk to someone about not wanting to talk to someone. Well, talk to someone about not wanting to talk to someone about not wanting to. And I was like, you know, that actually makes perfect sense to me, even if uh, Tani doesn't get it. Yeah, Jason is actually really reasonable. It's not. It's, it's almost like it's not Jason, but he's doing it in a, in a Jason way, which makes it believable. The whole meta speech of okay, talking with someone about talking about it with someone, right? It's it's really Jason, which is what sells it because otherwise it's not like it's not the Jason we know. Well, and of course, the person like the one person they pick to talk to is the one person who would care that they're in a relationship. <laughs> Uh, can you? Uh, what do you mean by that? Well, I can let Rachel speak a little bit to that because she has a really interesting theory, but uh, that possibly the glitching and the relationship might be related. Yeah, I was uh, noticing that when we're talking about Janet's glitching because we think she's uh, performing the duties of a therapist and that's outside of her bounds, and I'm wondering if maybe the reboots that we've seen Janet go through in the previous. Uh, series hasn't been completely effective and maybe she's remembering her marriage to Jason from season one and that that's why she's glitching not necessarily because she's being a therapist yeah that's actually I hadn't even thought of it that's a that's a really great uh, uh, thought and that's that seems like exactly the kind of thing that they tend to spring on us so so yeah that's cool all right, so the next thing, let's see. Um, well, the next thing that I have done in my notes anyway about sort of the A-plot is that Michael starts to uh, show them these sort of simulations where they're actually in the trolley and they're actually driving it. And then, of course, Chidi, you know, Chidi goes, uh, get, gets very indecisive the way he normally does. And it's just a lot of funny bits about that. Um, although I think I might, I might be missing over the, uh, the rap musical about Kierkegaard, right? That was... Oh, yes. That was a step... <laughs> I also really like that he chose to kill five Shakespeare's over one Santa Claus. Right, right. With with there's a bunch of variations, and you know the five and the one people, and then there's five, but then the other one is his friend Henry, right? So that's a nice little callback. We get to see Henry again, and then I don't have anything else written about the variations of that except that. Well, I think it was Henry where we got like some large piece of his body gets torn off and thrown at Cheaty as part of the. Oh, it was the, the red boot. It was the red boots. Okay, the boot that keeps coming. <laughs> I think we're actually skipping the ethics of Le Miserable that they discuss, in which the French people are automatically bad place people. <laughs> right. Well, I actually do have quite some questions about that. I mean, when we first saw in the original season of The Good Place where, you know, they had all these points and they said, here are the points you get for being good and the points you get for being bad, once you get taken away for being bad. And we all thought, well, of course, that's how it is because Michael is, you know, basically an angel, right? Now that we know that he's a devil, demon, right? Although demon is, I guess, sort of uh, something they don't like to be called. How much, how much are we sure that those kind of one-offs that he says are actually still right, Right. I think they, they could really be true. I mean, it seems to me like Michael is a moral absolutist. He's trying to constantly compute the goodness and the badness. Like, it's a math problem. So I think it, it would be consistent with his, his viewpoint to, to really have the points thing. Sure. Okay, so we talked about... Uh, you were talking about <laughs> um, the, that scene. Um, 
I think, and they and they switch back and forth between Tahani and and Chidi a lot in, in these two. Uh, and it was, it was actually, uh, you know, sometimes in, even in what seems like the middle of a scene, they'll go back and forth. But so other scenes with sort of Tahani and, and Jason in the middle of this. And it was kind of interesting. What is the one thing that I have about Tahani is that she says she was dallying below her station. And, uh, and he doesn't even have a job. Uh, not in a good, not in the good rich way. But he does a job, not a job like a, like a regular person. And yeah, these are really like mean things to say to Jason. I think at some point he actually comes out and says, you know, I've been really nice to her and she's been really mean to me, right? And he needs her to take the gum off his butt. <laughs> well, that was, their, that was their compromise at the end, right? Well, you'll try to be nicer to me and I'll let you be secret as long as you grab my butt, right? Yeah, every so often. They, they seem to be okay with that, I think, with that resolution. That's all Jason needs. <laughs> Just that. I'm starting to wonder how uh, the other people in the neighborhood aren't getting suspicious about Jason, because he seems to be acting less like Jianyu every episode, but he's still dressed in his, like, Jianyu garb. And I wonder how, I mean, if whether they get suspicious about the t- Tahani knowing that he's not Jianyu. Yeah, well, but we're not really seeing the, the times in where they, they are being tortured, so we don't really know how he's behaving during those times yeah. that he's being observed. I mean, I think the premise is that when he's in the lessons, he's not seen, or in his, in his house, he's not seen. But he was acting that kind of way at the party at the end of the previous episode <laughs> right. when the whole mm-hmm. town was there. He was like getting ready to go and run, jump in the kangaroo pouch and all those things. So he's definitely acting less like Jian Yu than he was in prior times. Yeah, I, I have that in my notes about the last episode too. And I, the way I've, I've been thinking about it is the way they've been portraying the other demons is that they're not really all that bright. And I think the, the best in-universe explanation for it so far is that, well, you know, they just, they're so busy trying to torture these people and delighting in the power that they have now that they just haven't, they're just not noticing. But we'll see if that's what they think, if, if that comes up again like that. So yeah, so but Jason and Tahani both talk with Janet um, as the therapist. And I also thought it was that Janet turning into the therapist was pretty fun. Like she gets, I think she gets glasses, right? That she didn't have before. And she's sitting on the chair in what seems to me to be a very stereotypical therapist way, right? And I like when the couch appeared, it had like a little magical noise. Oh, did it? Oh, okay. Yeah, Uh, just barely. They're like some Janet noise. Yeah. And then her her thumb comes off, I think relatively early on. And that's their their special effects budget for this week, right? Is the, the floating thumb. And she vomits up a frog. <laughs> That's right. She has a frog in her throat. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, and do you think that, that one didn't look like a special effect? Like she might have actually had something in her mouth that comes out. No, but it was it was really big. I don't know how they did that. In any case, so they, they switch back and forth. So then one of the Michael bits is Michael says, "This is why everybody hates moral philosophy professors." Does anyone remember when they said that? I remember the line, but not when they spoke it. I, said it yeah. I, I think it's right before the the real trolley problem, like when they get on the trolley. Oh, okay. I think they do that because he's asking for a more concrete way to see it. Mm-hmm. The thing that happens is Michael asks 
Chidi to tell him what's the right answer, and Chidi tells him that's the that's the good thing about this. There is no right answer, <laughs> and then right. that's what the lie comes up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I just noted that all of the editing between all of these scenes was done really well, especially between the uh, living room scene to the trolley, back to the living room to the medical center back to the living room. They had them all um, staged just right so that their dialogue and even facial expressions were just seamless between the, the locales. It was kind of impressive. Yeah, the medical center setting was interesting too, where Chidi had to pick between killing Eleanor and saving five people or letting five people die. And then you find out one of the people that was going to die needed a heart transplant because he was hit by a trolley. <laughs> right. And the adorable child begs to save the father's life. Come on, Chidi. You know the right answer, don't you? Is there a right answer? I, I always find it kind of funny that Eleanor is the one that always can tell they're being tortured. Right. I did, I did like that callback. Yeah, I think it sort of comes from the way that Out of all of them, I think Eleanor was probably the worst on Earth. I mean, Jason was pretty stupid, but Eleanor, in a lot of ways, tried to torture the people around her, sometimes for good reason, but she mm. sort of sees herself in what Michael does, so she catches on quicker. Well, and she's still the first person to say, like, well, who are we killing here? Is it that lady at the Rite Aid that I don't like? <laughs> right. She's not that far gone from where she was. Even though she's come a long way, she's still kind of terrible. Right. I think um, I think the like all of them haven't necessarily come that far, and I think that's sort of the not presence or the reverse presence, whatever reverse reverse tortures were kind of callbacks to what they've what they have been in the past. Tahini really likes the diamond, and Jason really likes well Pikachu. I'm not sure what that says, but then. And Eleanor, what did Eleanor? Oh, Eleanor did the shrimp fountain thing, I guess. She got the and shrimp it, dispenser. Oh my yeah. gosh, yes. Don't eat the mystery shrimp. <laughs> All the different sauces. Right. Yeah, so, well, before we get to the, sort of that scene, um, I guess the one other thing that I'd like to make a note of, actually, the two other things. There's one point where Michael says, um, he, he says, but I said my bad, right? And that's after... Uh, Chidi finally tells him, no, you know, I'm being tortured by you and I don't like it and, and, you know, get out of my classroom. And that makes him swear for the, for the first time in the episode. I think, I don't think I've heard him, I don't think we heard him swear before that. And of course, because of the, the sensory, he says, get the fork out instead of the other thing, but it's still kind of him swearing. But then Michael, you know, that's where he says, but I said my bad. And they cut right away from that. And again, I think that's a really good uh, uh, example of the way that they just do have these smash cuts all the time between these, these really funny lines. And that's kind of the, one of the ones that I remember. Oh, and then, but before we get to sort of that ending scene, again, the one other thing that I can remember is Jason specifically comes out and says, and I have it written down, I'm nice to you and you're mean to me. There's something wrong with that. And I guess the funny part of that is that he doesn't actually know what's wrong with that, but he knows that something's wrong with it. And like, Jason is the moral center in a lot of ways of, of this episode, or at least of the people who are in that, that portion of the plot. And I really found that interesting. As you say, Javier, that... Um, Jason is not quite being Jason in this episode. And I'm still not sure how I think about that. Like, is he really showing something completely different or just, is this how he is around people he actually likes? I, I don't know. 
But I still thought it was really interesting that he was he was explaining a moral dilemma in like completely clear fashion that Tahani was having trouble seeing. I liked um, Eleanor had a line at one point where she was talking to Chidi about being his friend. She goes, I'm your hottest friend. No, wait, that's Tahani. I'm your nicest friend. No, wait, that's Jason. And then she was like, well, I'm your friend. But I thought it was interesting that she acknowledged that like Jason's the nicest friend out of all of them. And I think it's important, too, that the two characters who stood up for themselves this week were the ones who were least likely to do it before they got there. Definitely. Well, that was one of the nice things, and in, in one of the things that, that again struck, struck me about the scene was where where Chidi was dealing with Michael's presence was that he basically he you could see it in his face when he's getting that that notebook from Emmanuel Kant, which what there were a couple of funny bits about that, right? Where Emmanuel Kant has little erotic doodles in it, which I'm pretty sure Emmanuel Kant is not known for erotic doodles, but he just throws it away right away because he's he's not going to be bribed by it. Yeah, that was interesting. And then Michael offers him a bigger diamond than Tahani's, <laughs> and immediately Tahani says, no, this then will be worthless. I think we don't see Tahani evolve a lot in this episode, yeah. except for the, the one month later scene. Right, definitely. Okay, so, so we get to the end. Um, there's, there's kind of two endings, right? So there's the ending of the plot A, where Chidi gets Michael to apologize, and they said, okay, we're going to keep going from there. And we've talked a little bit about how that doesn't necessarily seem like it's much progress in this episode. Anybody have any other thoughts about that? There's going to be some breakthrough where he, Michael, decides that it's not so much about observing what humans are like and actually like sees it from their perspective, but he's not there yet. You can kind of see that he's he's just kind of parroting what he's been taught or... Um, saying what he knows he's supposed to say. But at, at some point, it's actually going to sink in. We're just not there yet. He's trying to cheat to the end, but I think he's going to get it eventually, like Eleanor did. Right, right. Okay, and then the the ending for Tahani and Jason, and they do sort of their ending scene over the ending credits, which I also think is actually kind of kind of cool that they use like every spare minute of the episode to have you know bits of plot or bits of character development. And I actually think I missed the bit at the end because my particular streaming uh, thing on the NBC website didn't wouldn't let me watch it again. But was there something specific that they were doing at the end? Like it almost looked like they were kind of standing up together and like they weren't like getting married or anything, were they? It was just them standing there? Yeah, I think they were just standing there and then it said like one month later one month on later. the screen. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, what, what happens to them after one month? Well, they they talk to Janet and they tell her that they their relationship has been improving a lot over the last okay. month, thanks to her. And then the whole thing glitches. Right. There's an earthquake and she uh, approaches Michael basically saying, I think I'm the reason this is falling apart. Right. And I think um, uh, so I think one of you had put in a, an article in in um, sort of the Slack for us uh, where they there was a actually maybe I've said this in, in another article, but it might have been this one, where um, so the creator of the Good Place, uh, Michael Schur, was talking about how he he got a lot of inspiration from Lost, and that was in particular about the uh, the cliffhangers at the end of every episode, and I was kind of thinking about that with the end of this episode as well because there's definitely sort of the whole thing kind of turns to the right, right? It goes in a completely different direction. 
and suddenly we've got this 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 cliffhanger that they've got to deal with, and that felt very very deliberate, right? That oh, we have to end on something a little bit more exciting than everybody kind of making incremental progress. And they won't be able to go into next week's episode without um, bringing back. Oh, I'm blanking on her name, the one who's torturing them now because things have been changing. So, yeah, she will have to come. Um, stand face to face with Michael and say what's going on. So there's going to be some kind of showdown next week. Right. Yeah. It, it feels like that Vicky character. And I, I really love that actress and I don't have her name handy, but she's great. But it, it does seem, yeah, that the, they're probably using her maybe a bit sparingly, not in every episode. So this is the episode where we don't get her. And yeah, it would be nice to see more of her kind of next episode, kind of getting, getting back into it. Cause I was thinking she might be kind of the big bad of this season because she's opposed to Michael and Michael's kind of on, you know, team cockroach now, but it does seem like they're, they're focusing on some other areas, at least for now, instead of always opposing Vicky and her schemes. Yeah. I think we're going to get a lot of sitcom. Like let's just talk about this week's current dilemma, like bringing Michael up to speed instead of moving along the, the main plot. Well, now we're at episode five, and I think we, as we've discussed this, I think there's going to be maybe 13 episodes this season, right? Yeah, 13 episodes. I think there's going to be seven episodes in the first half and six in the back. So we're going to have two more episodes before the break. So we're about, you know, a little more than a third of the way through for now. And, you know, we've got two more episodes before kind of the half of the season is over. Where do we think this is going as of right now? I don't know. It just, they keep surprising me. Like, I think it's going to go one direction, then it goes another. We've already had a couple hundred resets, so I don't know if we'll have any more. I have a feeling we're going to get a visit from Sean at some point before too long, and he's going to realize that they're not on attempt number two. I think that's a good call. And actually, it's hard to predict where this series is going to go, because after... The first season, I could have been completely wrong about 20 times, and so I don't. I feel like if venturing a guess, I'm going to be wrong. But uh, I think that by the end of the season, it, it's just going to be on its head again, and we'll be just as happy as we were last season that everything is all out of place. Yeah, that could very well be. Uh, I, I think it's a good a good call with uh, with Sean coming back. Um, I think uh, we've had some other discussions with people about how. Perhaps the arc of this season, in the same way that sort of the arc of last season was Eleanor kind of learning at least somewhat of how to be good. And this season, and as much as it has any one theme, it's about maybe Michael learning how to be good. So that could, that could be where it goes. I, I'm curious whether we think um, there's going to be another big reveal at the end of the season. I think there have been articles where, uh, again, Michael sure has been a little coy about whether that's going to happen. He's like, oh, no, no, we weren't going to do that this season. Of course, he probably would say that, right, even if he did have something planned because he wouldn't want to get people's hopes up. Yeah. I kind of wonder if what we're supposed to learn is that for the beings that are not humans, trying to make them human is somehow wrong, like whether it's Michael or Janet. Huh. Well, it could be. Certainly the... It seems like the people are trying to make Michael better, and I haven't necessarily seen any indications that that, that would lead to something bad. Uh, but maybe. Certainly, yeah, with Janet's case, Janet seems to be having problems now. Hmm. No, it's, it's an interesting theory. Any other thoughts? I think more than all, I think this is going 
into season two. I mean, I think they're going to make one twenty-six episode season divided into. I don't think we're going to get we're going we're going to get a cliffhanger, but I don't think we're going to get like a realization of the show by the end of the season at the pace that we're going. You don't think the end of this season? I, I don't think it's going to be resolved by the ah, end of okay. the season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think they they're taking their time to to justify a season two. All right. So I think they're 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 splitting up the plot along two seasons instead of one. Does anyone remember the cliffhanger that was the first half of the first season? No, but that's what I was just going to say. They did so much development in like the last three episodes of season one that I didn't think it was going to go anywhere until about the last three or four episodes of season one. So I don't think we can count out the fact that they could definitely wrap up the plot in this season. Yeah, that's true. I mean, we... We can't really know with Michael Schur. Um, Now, how many of you watch the first season in real time as opposed to sort of binging it uh, all at one time? I watched it week by week. Uh, Same with me. I watched it week by week. Okay. Uh, Javier? I binged it. Yeah. Yeah, I did too. So yeah, it is actually a little hard for me to even imagine sort of having to go week by week with these episodes because I just saw them all at once. So, so, uh, yeah, uh, Rachel and Sarah, you can be uh, yeah our uh, our voice of of like how this might play out because Javier and I are, are both seeing this in kind of a way that we didn't see season one. So yeah, it'd be really interesting. I think you're you're almost definitely right that we are underestimating the capacity of this show to surprise us uh, for the rest of the season. So definitely looking forward to that. Alrighty, so I think that wraps it up for this episode. Uh, so I will thank again my co-hosts, uh, Sarah. Thank you. And Rachel. Thanks for having me. And Javier. Thank you for listening. Sure. And thanks thanks to our listeners as well for listening to us. And we will see you next time.